beginning on Saturday, October 15th at 11am and continuing Saturday, October 22, 29 and November 5, I'd like to invite you to join me on an incredible journey into the very heart of the book of Revelation. Prophecies of Hope for a Troubled World is a four-part series that will take you behind the news headlines as we see the direct link between history, Bible prophecy and current world events. The series begins October 15, 11am at the Hillview Seventh-day Adventist Church, 2 Gimbert's Road, Morissette. For more information, go to discoverhope.info. That's discoverhope.info or call Danny on 040 33 44 360. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to give you another quiz question. Yes, we're in our second hour, so we still want our brains functioning, so let's do this. Let me scroll back up. This is going to be quiz question number four. To faith add virtue, to virtue add knowledge, and to knowledge add what? Oh, <laughs> you look I was, blank. I was about to answer. Don't answer. Don't answer. answer. <laughs> I can't answer. Can I? That's <laughs> 0491064669 is how to answer. Uh, give us a text or a call. Can Every... I call that? No, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can just get kudos for a little pat on the back if you get it right. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. To faith add virtue, to virtue add knowledge, and to knowledge add what? Is this out of the Bible? Or is this just some sort of little Christian rhymey kind of adage? That's from the Bible. Is it really? I've never heard of it. Yeah, there's a lot of treasures hidden in there. I honestly would not have gotten that one right. I'd love to know where that one's from, though, if anyone can tell me. Yeah, well, you know. Bonus point, if you can tell me where it's from. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're going to get into a Bible study today, uh, which, of course, we have been studying through God's Word each morning and looking at the nature of man. And uh, you can send text message in to Um, us. Before we we hit the Bible study, I am going to read out some of the text messages that have already come in, uh, which is great. This is my favorite part of the show, Blair is reading out text messages from our listeners. So from Raphael, he says, Indonesia, sea garbage, plastic collection. Now that's good thinking. It's a win-win for everyone. It really is. It's like a, it's like a win-win-win because it's like the environment as well. Gets a, gets a bit of a positive reaction there. Susanna said, uh, so good to hear about the Indonesian government initiative to pay fishermen to collect up to four kilos of plastic waste out of the ocean. Four kilos of plastic would amount to quite a bit too. That's so true, Susanna, because like, Plastic doesn't weigh much. If you think about like a, just, you know, one of those little, like takeaway containers, that must be like just a couple of grams. So four kilos would be quite the bulk if you think Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Depending on how many people you got as well, you know, if you start combining that collective right. effort up, you know. Yeah, wow. exactly. And each day, wow. Because each, each boat would have like maybe like a few fishermen and if it's four kilos each, it's like... I have no how they would fit that on their boat. They'd have to maybe like crush it or compact it or something. Anyway, it is really good. Raphael sent in another message saying, England, walking and distressing. Well done, boys. I go walking with some friends every day in a world full of stress. We found laughing is truly the best medicine. It can't be bought. It's free. A gift from God. We should all try it. Amen. And he went on to say, California abortion billboard, a governor advertising murder in the name of God. Truly the last days. Mm. Yep, certainly is. Yeah, wow. Well, awesome to hear from some of our listeners and keep texting in. Uh, if you have responses and thoughts, we'd love to hear you. 
Uh, we're going to study the Bible now, and so um, we have been studying through this theme of what happens when we die and the nature of man, uh, you know, all of these sorts of uh, impressive and uh, important themes that Scripture really um, speaks about. And so we're going to start our study today. We're going to begin to look at this idea of um, basically uh, what happens when you die. And uh, when you die... Uh, you know, there's a lot of different beliefs that are out there, but we want to come to the Bible and try to understand what Scripture teaches. And so we're going to go through several texts, and we're going to start off in the book of Job, Job chapter 3, and uh, we're going to have a look here at some of what Scripture says. We'll turn to several different passages of Scripture. Um, and in Job chapter 3, verses 11 to 13, I'm going to read you this passage here. This is Job. Of course, Job had a pretty hard... Go in the Bible. Yeah, he had a rough spell there. <laughs> yeah, he, um, you know, from being a man of plenty, he was had a pretty big challenge um, with losing everything. And then he had a really soul-searching time of visiting, uh, you know, asking why did this happen? I think everyone has been in a time where they've asked God, why did these things happen? Mm. And this is an interesting text here in Job chapter 3, verse 11 to 13, which tells us something about uh, what happens when we die. This, notice what he says. He says, why did I not die at birth? He's lamenting some of this really challenging time he went through. Why did I not perish when I came from the womb? Uh, why did the knees receive me? Or why the breasts that I should nurse? He's kind of talking about this. Um, you know, he's, he's saying, why was I even born? <laughs> Life is so hard. It's, it, you know, this has been such a... T- situation, a hard situation. Uh, And then it's interesting, the answer, he says, for I know, um, uh, for now I would have been, uh, for now I would have lain still and been quiet. I would have been asleep. Then I would have been at rest. So he's saying if he had died at birth, uh, instead of suffering and being in intense, uh, you know, difficult situation now, he'd be asleep. My Bible says that uh, had I died at birth, I would be at peace. At peace. Yeah. And Or at rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, you know, we, 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 try, we try to think through this question, what, what happens when we die? Uh, well, according to Job, what's, what's Job saying here uh, about death? What, what is, what's... He, he says peace, asleep, rest. It, just, it sounds quite, yeah, like almost like you're dead asleep, you know. Yeah, there's there's definitely a you know, and and the imagery that's being raised here is that um, the the dead aren't knowledge don't have knowledge they don't know anything is going on it's being likened to a sleep mm. or a rest a peace um, so quite interesting but let's keep looking at scripture we're going to go to several passages of the Bible of course we want to um, understand all of what scripture sh- says about these topics uh, so let's go to Psalms chapter one hundred and fifteen. And we'll have a look at another text here that speaks about dead, the dead. Um, we're not being depressive today, uh, <laughs> but we want to know what the Bible teaches. Yeah, understanding um, the truth about death can actually uh, bring you a lot of peace and calm into your into your living life as it is. So it's a good one to understand. So it's not depressive. It's it's uh, it's quite faith affirming, really. Absolutely. So let's read this one. This, this text out. It's Psalm one hundred and fifteen, verse seventeen. It says, the dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into silence. 
The dead do not praise the Lord, nor any who go down into into silence or the silence of the grave. Those who go down into the silence of the grave, um, it's silent. The Bible says that the dead do not praise the Lord. That's kind of interesting because there is an idea out there that when we die, uh, that we can go straight to heaven and we start, you know, perhaps we're on the clouds playing some harps, singing uh, praises to God perhaps. Uh, But this text indicates that that's not really what's happening, uh, that, in fact, the dead don't praise the Lord. Now, do you think that if we were, uh, you know, if, if, if you're a faithful follower of God, uh, and uh, do you think there's anything that could stop you praising God? No. Absolutely not. We're going to be praising God while ever we can, mm, right? Absolutely. So if we're dead, if the dead are not praising God, then... Uh, then clearly they don't have the ability to praise God. They're, they're not having the ability to praise God. It's like they've gone into a sleep, mm-hmm. uh, like our text before us has shared. And so, interesting, another text. Let's keep digging in and seeing what the Bible says. Uh, let's go to Psalm 146, verse 4. Psalm 146, verse 4. We'll look at another couple of texts here. Um and then we'll jump over to the New Testament and see a passage there as well. You're really painting a picture here from the Bible. I'm liking We've this. We've got to do it. We've mm-hmm. got to do it. Uh, Psalm 146, verse 4, uh, speaking of what takes place when we die, it says, His spirit departs. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his plans perish. Mm. So according to that text, what happens when we die? Uh, well, mine says they breathe their last, they return to the earth, and all their plans die with them. So, like everything you had cooking, suddenly just comes to a stop. It's it's done. Yeah, it's over. Right when we die, uh, all of those plans, dreams, uh, aspirations, we return to the earth. The Bible says, "Dust to dust." It's like a reverse, uh, a reverse of that original creation order where God formed us out of the dust. And uh, our, our bodies decompose, basically. Decompose. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the end. Um, yeah, pretty. I, I think the Bible paints a pretty clear picture, really, about what happens when we die. Uh, and, yeah, gives us um, quite, a, quite a comprehensive view of what takes place. Let's look at one more text here uh, before we jump over. Um, and it's Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5. It's interesting that the Bible paints such a clear picture of this, and yet so many of the world's religions have gotten this completely wrong. In, isn't that interesting? Very yeah. interesting. Yeah. And, and it, there's a lot of different ideas that are out there. That's why it's so important on topics like this to come back to the Bible, to look what the Bible says, so that we make sure that we base our views on Scripture and not on man-made theories that may be out there. Mm-hmm. Let's have a quick ad. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So back to our study, we've been looking at what happens when we die. And uh, we've noted, of course, that there are a lot of different ideas out there, but we're turning to the scriptures today to understand from the Bible what happens when we die. Do the dead know anything? And we're looking now at Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And uh, if you have, do you want to read that one out for us? Ecclesiastes 9, verse 5. The living at least know they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, nor are they remembered. Hmm. Okay. So 
According to that text, what do the dead know? Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Absolutely nothing. 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 That sounds to me like a sleep. Yeah. That sounds to me like they have no knowledge of anything that's happening. Mm-hmm. Exactly what that text communicates. Yeah. There's not even a footnote. There's not even nothing except for this one thing. It's like it's nothing. Their plans have perished. Full stop, nothing. They've fallen asleep, so to speak. They know nothing. And uh, that really goes quite, uh, runs quite against the grain of what uh, some of the popular ideas that are out there, isn't it? Mm. Um, if they know nothing, uh, that what they're not doing is in hell forever. Um, what they're not, you know, crying out. If someone was went straight to hell when they died, uh, they'd know something. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It wouldn't. It's not a very nice. Uh, it wouldn't be a very nice scene to imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they went straight to heaven, they'd know something, right? Mm-hmm. They'd be praising God or you know talking to the angels. Who knows what? Um, but the Bible tells us that the dead know nothing. Their pr- plans perish. They go asleep and. Um, they're not floating around haunting anyone. No. None of that. No. Mm-mm. They're not sending signs or signals or reappearing. So it's it's really interesting when we come back to the Bible to try to understand these topics, isn't it? Because mm. it does often cut against the prevailing theories of our day. Um, I do want to look at one more text here in Ecclesiastes before we skip over to the New Testament. Um, and it's in Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. And we'll just have uh, one last look at one of these passages here. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10, it says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Mm. That's some pretty good advice starting out. Uh Um, You know, um, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. But there's a reason given. I mean, that's a really strong principle for, like, uh, working hard and, you know, (laughs) uh, Christian um, duty, I suppose. But it goes on and it gives a reason for why we should do this. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Yeah. That makes sense, though. Like, do your work while you're alive because when you're dead, like, you can't plan anything, you can't do anything, you can't be working on anything. Well, right, because mm-hmm. because the dead know nothing. That's it's right. It's like a sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't get paid when we're sleeping. <laughs> That's true. Although, you know, if we're working in a workplace, although a uh, uh, little sneak <laughs> yeah. story... Sometimes we do. I used to work for. Uh, I used to work for. Uh, do night shift at Sanitarium. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, you were sleeping on the wheat bigs, were you? Uh, it may have happened once or twice. Uh, so, but generally, no speaking, up and goes for you then. No, eh? no, no, no. So, um, yeah, but look, you know, generally speaking, you don't get um, you don't get paid to do work while you're asleep. Yeah, uh, because that's. You're not doing anything. That's right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're asleep. Um, if anyone does know of any jobs that pay you to sleep, please call me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll definitely do a little career change to that. So uh, it's just it's just really straightforward stuff here. There's no work, there's no device, there's no knowledge, there's no wisdom in the grave, the Bible says. So once we go to the grave, once we die, just like those texts before said, our plans perish, we know nothing, all of the work that we were doing, the plans that we were building, the wisdom that we had comes to an end and we're in a condition of sleep. Yeah, all our endeavours stop. Absolutely. Uh, and so I think, you know, just having a quick, of course, this isn't all of um, the text that we could cover on these topics. There's many more that we could look at. But just from that brief survey of a few of the passages in the Bible, 
Um, what can we learn about the condition of human beings at death? They don't really have a condition. <laughs> That's the condition. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, like sleep. Just, I guess, dead. It's, it's not really complicated, is no, it? No, it's really simplistic, actually. Yeah. But, um, but, but there's, you know, there's this idea um, that has been developed over time that um, really runs against some of the clear teachings of Scripture here, uh, which is why it's so important, again, to come back to the Bible and remind ourselves of what it teaches. Um, so I do want to jump over to the New Testament because so far in our study, uh, we've looked at a bunch of passages in the Old Testament, um, which... Uh, of course, very instructive and authoritative for us. But let's have a look. Jump with me. We're going to go and have a look at a New Testament passage in John chapter 11. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 11. Because did you know that Jesus too speaks about what happens when you die? Oh, really? Absolutely he does. And uh, for for um, for those that would love to hear the red letter words of the Bible, you know, <laughs> you who would love to see what <laughs> Jesus has to say, of course, who is our um, our uh, savior uh, and the one that we look to as our example. I'm interested to know whether or not his description of death fits with the rest of the Bible's description of death. Well, let's hope so, right? Let's mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> be a pickle here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, when Jesus talks about the scriptures. Um, he talked in John 5, verse 39, he said, that, speaking to the Pharisees, he says, these are they, the, the scriptures, he says, you search the scriptures because you think they have life, but these are they which testify of me. All of those Old Testament scriptures that they were reading spoke of Jesus and pointed forward to him. And so we would expect that what he had to say would be in harmony with the rest of the Bible. So let's see, hey? John chapter 11, um, quite an interesting passage here where Jesus uh, tells us something about the condition of the dead when they pass away. Now, um, Jesus found himself uh, with, uh, of course, Jesus was friends with Lazarus. Um, and in the first couple of verses of John chapter 11 there, uh, we find that Lazarus, his friend, was sick. Uh, but um, what happened is that uh, the, Mary was sent, or they, they sent a message to Jesus, and they said, uh, Lord, behold, the one whom you love, speaking of Lazarus in chapter in verse 3 there, the one whom you love is sick. Interesting, because there wasn't even a request for Jesus to come here. Uh, it's just understood that Jesus would come. Mm. They just send the message to Jesus, the one whom you love is sick. Uh, so come. And this is what makes Jesus' response so interesting, uh, because uh, the Bible says that Jesus stayed there for three days after the <laughs> So it took his time. Yeah. He's, he, he gets the message that the one whom he loves is sick, his good friend, and he decides to stay there for three days. Uh, and he then makes this announcement in verse 11. Uh, he says, um, these things he said after, uh, after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Mm. Interesting. So Jesus starts to use some of the language here of the, the what we just read in the Bible, right? Asleep as a, death is asleep. That's right. Job yeah. said, if only I was asleep, or if, mm. if, 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 I was, um, if I had have died when I was an infant, I'd be asleep now. I wouldn't be suffering and having this um, 
It's kind of a, a morbid thought, isn't it? Well, we're glad I mean, that... We're, yeah, but I mean, when you're in despair, I think people sometimes think, oh, you know, it'd be better to be sleeping through this. <laughs> we've been there, right? Yeah. People, uh, you know, we've been in situations where the gravity of the pain um, makes you wonder what it, you know, or perhaps even wish um, what it would have been like. To not exist, yeah. To not exist, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, Jesus is here, he says, um, uh, and then his disciples said to him, um, in verse 12 of chapter 11, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. So <laughs> they're thinking he's just asleep. He's a nap. Right? <laughs> like he's having a nap. Um, he's just chilling out. And if he's, if you know, that's a really good idea. Just fall asleep. And you know when you're, you're sick? Yeah, like when you get COVID and you sleep 99% of the time. What's better... What's better to get um, a repair and get more healthy than having a nap, right? Mm. Getting mm. some good, healthy sleep. So they're like, oh, look, if he's, asleep, if he's asleep, he'll get better. That's, that'll be fine. Um, and, uh, and then Jesus said something really fascinating to them. And he said very clearly in verse 14, he, it says, Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Interesting. He's not mincing his words. He's not mincing his words at all. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, if you have a request, song request, maybe DJ Shell will humour you. 0491064669. Also the number to call to tell us the final answer for our last quiz question this morning, which is... In which city was Paul lowered over the wall in a basket? Mm. Such a great story. I love this story. Absolutely. It's like an like old-fashioned espionage the kind of story. plot twist as well <laughs> of like him coming exactly. in, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, in which city was Paul lowered over the wall in a basket? If you want to get your mitts on those, um, the two-volume set there of God Cares, Daniel and Revelation, the wonderful books by C. Mervyn Maxwell, you're going to have to tell us the right answer, at least to the one question, and then your name will be in the draw for tomorrow, that hot little prize going out tomorrow. Awesome. Well, should we get back to our study? Yes, let's do it. So we've been looking at Jesus's teaching on what happens when we die, <laughs> and we saw that he had this conversation with his disciples. They said, it's all right if Lazarus sleeps, because that means he'll get better quicker. Sleeping's good for health. Um, and then Jesus doesn't, doesn't mince his words. He says... Verse 14 of John chapter 11, Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now, this is really interesting. Uh, I find it interesting that Jesus Jesus was reluctant there to use the word death. Uh, instead of death, he really used the word sleep at first. Uh, and the reluctance to use that word death contains the beautiful gospel promise of the resurrection uh, which he, uh, of course, was looking forward to. Um, but they they think he's having a nap, um, and only when they do they really grasp what he's saying, um, does do they do they say um, you, Jesus? He he says that, that Lazarus is asleep. The disciples just don't get it. They really don't understand. They don't get it. Yeah. They think that he's talking about a nap, and only then does he say, "Well, what you would say is he's dead." Mm. So Jesus is very clearly equating death to sleep. Mm-hmm. To, he's relating it to a sleep. Uh, you go into the grave and it's like a sleep. Um, and then it's interesting, um, uh, like, why, why would you create this confusion? Why wouldn't you just start out with 
Lazarus is dead? That's a good question. Well, from God's perspective, death isn't really death. That's the really good news. Yeah, because sleep doesn't really have a permanence to it. Like, you usually expect to wake up when you fall asleep. Absolutely. Mm. And so, the, hence the beautiful gospel promise that those who sleep, uh, those who've put their faith in Christ who sleep, will ultimately wake again. I guess it's like a, it's like almost like a describing death from two signs. One where like you don't know anything when you're asleep, you're out of it completely, you're unconscious, but you also get to wake up. Absolutely, two aspects to it. Absolutely, and I really it, this really comes out in later in in that passage. Um, Martha said to Jesus, and we're looking at verse um, twenty one here of that chapter. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Mm. Um, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said, your brother will rise again. Amen. Amen. This is that, um, that, that beautiful promise. Um, and Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Um, and Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He mm. who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Wow. That's that's that beautiful gospel promise that's in there. That's that um, other side of the death, right? We go into that death. We don't know anything. Ecclesiastes is clear. Um, the Psalms are clear. Job is clear. It's plans perish. We know nothing. Our devices, our plans, they all go to the grave. Um, but uh, And we sleep. Mm. We don't praise anyone. We don't cry out in anguish. Uh, we, we're, we're resting in the grave uh, for that beautiful resurrection morning when that promise comes. Um, Amen. Wow. It's a, that's a, a beautiful thought to think about, really. Isn't it? And, you know, the 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 point as well that I just want to think on, uh, you know, this, this biblical teaching of the unconsciousness in death should not generate panic or worry or fear in Christians. Mm. This is a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, first of all, uh, there's there's no eternal burning hell or temporary purgatory uh, to go to when we die. States of limbo or something. Limbo and unknown. Yep. There's there's no uh, there's none of that. Second, uh, there's an amazing reward waiting for those who die in Christ. Mm. There's this fantastic resurrection gospel promise that's put in there. Um, and, you know, this is, uh, it's no wonder that the Bible describes death as um, just a, a sleep, a temporary moment, and that Jesus has won victory over death and has given each and every single one of us a chance to be raised with Christ. Um, so I want, I want to just think for a second, because this is, you know, this, this raises an interesting thought. Um, just have a think for a minute about the people who are dead in Christ. People who have died. Now, they they close their eyes in death. Uh, it doesn't matter when they died. What's the next thing that they're conscious of? Christ returning, the second coming. Yes. One of the most, well, I reckon it the most spectacular event ever, 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 ever. Whether they died in Job's day, mm-hmm. you know, th- thousands of years ago, whether they died... Uh, five minutes ago or, mm-hmm. you know, five months ago, whatever the case may be, the next thing that the dead know is the coming of Christ. So in their experience, it's like it's like no time has passed whatsoever. Like if you stitch it all together, it's going to be like, like this split second later, they're here at the resurrection. And isn't that a cool thought? The very, very next cool. thought, the yeah. very next thought that we have after that experience of death is Christ. 
Mm-hmm. Wow, man. Death is really only sad for the people who remain alive, if you think about it. Isn't that yeah. the case? And mm-hmm. this is where I was kind of leading with a question. Um, you know, in one sense, the dead have it better than the living, you could argue. Mm-hmm. In some senses, in that they, uh, you know, they... Uh, as you pointed out, that it's just those who are alive and remain who are mourning. And my 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 father recently passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, and it was really interesting. Um, you know, I, I was. But these passages of scripture we've been thinking through this morning have brought me so much strength and comfort because uh, I know that it's just those who are alive and remain who are struggling with the tragedy of death. Right? Mm. It's a foreign thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but those who are dead. They know nothing. Yeah, that's right. They're asleep. They're at peace. They're at peace. They're at rest. Like Job said, if only I was a, I was had passed away, I'd be at sleep. I'd be at rest. I'd be at peace. I wouldn't be suffering. I wouldn't be fighting this difficulty. Now, of course, God redeems even the difficulties that we face here on life, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, those are there's a fantastic redemptive purpose that God has through everything that we face in life. But I just find that so beautiful that, um, you know, that this. Uh, this the dead are asleep, they're at rest, and the very next thing that they see is Christ with that gospel promise. Um, and so, yeah, Jesus's teaching on death uh, is really, I think, a comforting thing that all Christians should celebrate. Mm. We don't have to worry about, uh, you know, some of these other man-made theories that come in. We try to invent to comfort us. You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes we'll say, "Oh, I know that they're watching on." Me, yeah, you know, and and it kind of comforts us, uh, you know. We it has that's something this, we do for our own benefit, not for theirs. Well, that's right. And yeah. and when we see that scripture doesn't allow for such a, a viewpoint, uh, then and, and we actually discover the true comfort that mm-hmm. scripture does provide. Uh, I think the Bible version is always better than the man-made version. Amen. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is time to give away the answers to our quiz. Let's see how many we all got right. So number one, Paul was confident that God's good work, excuse me, through the Philippians would be carried on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The book that comes immediately before Hebrews is Philemon. And the Israelites mourned for Aaron for 30 days after his death. And then to add faith to virtue, sorry, add Sorry. <laughs> to faith add virtue, to virtue add knowledge, and to knowledge add temperance. I'm still not sure where in the Bible that's found. And then which city was Paul lowered over the wall in a basket? It was Ephesus. Yeah, so let's see how many you got right, and hopefully uh, you will be in the running and win that prize tomorrow. Question of the day. Excellent question for you today, Blair. All right. Big juicy, meaty one for you to tackle. Okay. What happens to people of other non-Christian faiths, for example, Muslims and Hindus, at the resurrection? And that's coming in from listener Ivan. Thank you, Ivan, for sending that one in. If anyone has a question, by the way, send it in, 0491 We love fielding questions and answering Mm, them. That's a really good question. There's a few panels to it. Um, It depends on which resurrection they rise in. So the Bible describes two resurrections. Uh, did you know that? Oh, two resurrections, yeah. Two. John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. We've just been talking about that in our Bible study. Uh, and they'll come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. 
So there's two resurrections. Those who have put their faith in Christ, uh, because the Bible describes uh, Jesus as the only means or the only way through which men can be saved. Um, uh, you know, the Bible describes in Acts chapter four verse twelve, salvation is found in no one else. There is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Those who put their faith in Christ uh, will be raised up in that first resurrection, uh, and those who and that's the resurrection of life. The Bible said, right? That's the resurrection where we spend eternity with Him. Uh, those who have done evil, those who have rejected Christ uh, and have turned their back on their Creator God are raised up to the resurrection of condemnation. Uh, this is the resurrection of judgment uh, for those who have turned their backs on God and rejected Him. Um, and so that's, that is the resurrection uh, in which all those who have rejected Christ will be raised up at. Um, that's the resurrection we don't want to be a part of, right? <laughs> we want to be a part of that first one. Um, the good news is that God does hold us accountable to the light that we know. Mm-hmm. This is a biblical principle. Um, we find in God's Word that um, Jesus, uh, God's Word in J- James chapter 4, verse 17, it says, If anyone knows the good that he ought to do and doesn't do it, to him it's a sin. So if we know something, we're held accountable to that light. If we don't know something, we can't be held accountable to it. Which is um, fair. Absolutely. Um, you know, this is why in the book of James chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Not many of you should try to be religious teachers because you'll be judged more strictly because you're judged according to the knowledge and the light that you have. And so we are judged according to our conscience. There will be, um, who will be in heaven? Will there be people who have died, who had no knowledge of God, but were true and honest to the light that they'd been revealed to them? Uh, yes. They, uh, the Bible describes in, Roman, uh, in Romans chapter 2 as them being a law unto themselves. The Gentiles were a law unto themselves. They didn't have the truths of the Bible that God had given them or all of the law, but they were faithful to what they knew according to the conscience, their Holy Spirit impressing them what they knew. Because the Holy Spirit speaks to everyone. He does. just might not know that's the Holy Spirit. Our condemnation in the judgment does not come from the fact that we may have been in error on a particular point, but from the fact that we've neglected heaven-sent opportunities for learning what is truth. So we are held accountable to what we know. Um, Jesus is the only way through which salvation is made possible. Um, and to the degree of our faithfulness to the knowledge of that, it determines whether we will be saved and our acceptance of that. So, yeah, we will be saved as we put saving faith in Jesus Christ. Um, and those who haven't had the privilege or opportunity to respond to him will be held accountable to the light that they have been revealed to them. Amen. Let's try to be in that first resurrection. Amen. That's the plan. That's the plan. Remember, talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Securely fold you, God be with you.